Thank you for tuning in to Art to Heart, where I delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. Each episode sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans who bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Tune in for tips on tapping into your creative soul and for information about upcoming events in the arts community. I know today's guest from working with her through the Healing Arts Program with Fort Wayne Dance Collective and Parkview Hospitals. And it's truly a pleasure to get to know her through the work that we do at Parkview. And now to have the opportunity to get to know a little bit more about her other creative side. So we'll hear from Julia. Welcome, Julia. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to learn more and to tell the rest of Fort Wayne if they haven't already heard about you, about all the cool creative things that you do. So what is your background? Where are you from? Anything about your arts experiences? What can you tell us? Um, Well, I am from here in Fort Wayne, born and bred. Uh, (laughs) I did go to school at IU in Bloomington, and um, I got my bachelor's of science there in art education. So I'm currently an elementary art school teacher. But yeah, I've just been doing art since as long as I can remember in various different forms. And yeah. What is your first memory of an artistic experience? Can you recall what got you started and interested in the arts? Well, first of all, my dad is a huge art appreciate, uh, and my mother is a goldsmith, and my grandmother is a painter, so it kind of runs pretty deep. So I think that I probably have had some sort of writing or coloring utensil in my hand like since I could hold one. Um, but one of my first memories... Um, is probably when I was three or four, my parents got me an easel, one of those fun ones with the little rolls of paper you pull down, and um, I did a, just a drawing with markers of a humpback whale, and I remember my parents being so just blown away, because I was really young, and, and like, they framed it and put it up, and so that's one of my first memories, but um, my dad, he was the manager of the Fort Wayne Philharmonic, oh. so we always would go to all of the performances, and me being little, I was a little antsy, so I had a little notebook that my dad would say, okay, draw this, or draw that, and a lot of times he would make up words, and I would have to draw whatever my imagination could, you know, come up with that I thought that word would look like, so those are my other first sort of art memories. Wow, what a creative exercise. That's really cool. And we do that in dance a lot um, to kind of expand our students' imagination, but how neat of an experience to have that come from your home Mm -hmm. versus just an education setting. Yeah, I was really lucky. I know my parents were always just so supportive. Everything I showed them, it was always, wow, that's really cool. Did you try this? You know, so I had a lot of encouragement. That's amazing. What are you doing now in the arts? We talked a little bit about the Parkview Healing Arts Program, but we can explain more about what that is. We could talk more about what you're doing in the school system. What all do you do? <laughs> Ooh, so many things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm an elementary art teacher. Um, I hope to teach high school one day, but I'm having a lot of fun, uh, you know, teaching culture and di- about diversity and different artists through art. Um, And then I love the healing arts program through Parkview because I get to, you know, be there for people when they have nobody and get them to be in their mindful brain where a little bit more healing can happen beyond just what, you know, they're being brought medically. Yeah. So. 
So this program with Parkview and Fort Wayne Dance Collective uh, has 11 different artists who, in their own right, do their own medium of art mm-hmm. to engage people. How do you do that with your art form? Um, I go around into different rooms and basically just tell them about what I can offer them, like the art supplies that I have. Um, but I oftentimes find myself doing little tiny mini art lessons or telling them about um, like Zentangles for one or a little thing that you exercise you can take with you wherever you go that just needs you know a paper and a pen and it's a way to get in into your uh, you know your mindful brain where you can relax a little bit Um, and then oftentimes I do drawings for people because I get a lot of adults that just want to color Um, and don't feel comfortable with drawing. So a lot of times I will say, okay, is there anything that you would love to have in this room with you? Anything that would make you smile, bring you joy that I could draw for you? And then you can color it in like your own personal coloring page or just have it with you in this room. And I get a lot of uh, success with that. Um, And yeah, I've had some really wonderful reactions, a lot of happy tears and, and just comfort. So I'm really it's amazing that I get to have that opportunity to help people. Yeah, I bet. And I've gotten the opportunity to shadow you before, and it was really amazing. You sat next to a patient and kind of gauged whether they wanted to draw themselves or if they wanted to color, but the particular patient that you were working with um, really was curious about what you could do or what you could offer them. And I believe you just drew something for them, and it might have been a bird. It was definitely an animal. Mm-hmm. And just seeing their reaction afterward was truly incredible, and it is a great reminder of what the arts can do for people. Well, and I actually just ran into a couple the other day um, at the voting booth that I drew um, an antique car for three years ago and they remembered me and they said that they always bring people in to show off this picture and how much joy it's brought them what? and yeah or have been in contact to try to you know just keep in contact it's it's been very cool yeah so how has your career developed as an artist so we went from a young child just kind of experiencing the arts and deciding how you could cultivate that into what you are today like do you, how did that happen Meaning, like, how did I find what I do? I guess I've just always loved art. Um, I figured I didn't want to have to rely on that. So I like like kids, and I I find a lot of opportunities for teaching. So I went that route, but I still am an artist. And so I make time to do my art, and um, I'm very ADD about my art. (laughs) (laughs) I like pretty much any type of art, and... I oftentimes have multiple different pieces and multiple different mediums going at the same time. Like right now I have uh, a mask uh, that I'm making in clay. I have another mask in um, paper mache. Um, and I focused on painting mainly for the past couple of years because I really enjoy it and I really wanted to just focus on one so that I'm not quite so ADD. <laughs> um, one more than the others. I still do all the others. But... Um, you know, I wanted to really hone my school, my skills and get better at that. So I've been doing a lot of acrylic painting. I've uh, gotten more into um, doing some uh, like things with oil pastels and acrylic lately and been having fun playing with watercolors. But then, mm. of course, I also love doing my 
soft sculptures, stuffed animals, Franken-fuzzies. And I found that that is something that appeals to a wider variety of people because apparently not everybody puts things on their walls like I do. Yeah. <laughs> My house is covered. In is it really? But That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us about your project, Franken-fuzzies. Um, so... Do you want me to explain what they are? Yes, <laughs> yes. Tell everyone what these amazing little creatures are. So they're, I tried to encapsulate it in their name. Hopefully that tells you a little bit. But they are creatures that I create um, by taking gently used um, stuffed animals that nobody loves anymore because I, I find them at Goodwill or people That's donate so them. Sad. I know. <laughs> I have so many stuffed animals that I'll never stop loving, but... A couple I did, and they are now freaking puppies. <laughs> um, but yeah, instead of having these stuffed animals end up in the landfill, I have found that I love to use them as my art material, and I'll take them apart and put them together to create new creatures um, that are anywhere from just sort of a, a fantasy woodland creature you might find to a crazy alien monster thing. Some of them are a little creepy, most of them were super cute. <laughs> um, but they are essentially soft sculpture, but they're also a stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all have their own little names and personalities that I give them. My husband and I actually sit down and, and we'll just laugh, laugh and talk for hours and try to figure out who are these critters. We'll look at them and like, okay, give me your stories oh. and say, okay, that's that's this one's name. This is what they like to do. This is a little bit about their personality. And, you know, my tags are only so big, so I can't write a book. But right. hopefully that's for um, the person who takes them home to love them to figure out the rest of their story. Yeah. But uh, they're just, they're fun. They're cuddly. They are your best friend. They're, some, uh, they're a shoulder to cry on. They're your mascot. I actually have one in my car that's been there for like six years. That's sort of my good luck charm that I feel like I can't your take it down. Your driving buddy. <laughs> yes, my driving buddy. Um, and yeah, they're like a conversation piece to put on your couch or they're a gift for a friend or a child. I mean, I have people of all ages that have these and I just, they bring me joy and they obviously bring other people joy, too, because when they come into my booth, I have people that stay, read all the tags, and cackle for, like, an hour with me, oh which gosh. that's so much fun and way more fun than what I was experiencing when I just had paintings mm-hmm. in the booth because, you know, they were very niche uh, paintings because I do a lot of weird surrealist stuff or, um, you know, animals, and that's not everybody's cup of tea, sure. and these aren't either, but... They're a lot more approachable, I think, because they're not surrounded by the idea of, like, high art. You know, they can—they yeah. are, in their own way, high art. They're sculpture, but they're also, because of the material, a stuffed animal, yeah. which we're all a little bit more comfortable with, I think. Right. It's something that isn't new to right. introduce. We're all familiar with stuffed animals, and there's already warm feelings uh-huh. regarding this piece of art. And it's not something that you have to really tap into those who understand it because it's something we all get. Exactly. That's and awesome. Yeah, you don't have to be afraid to enjoy it because I feel like some people don't feel like they have the knowledge to approach a painting mm-hmm. with. Whereas this, I mean, you can look into its eyes, make contact, you know, and, and just see this little critter's personality. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all completely unique. There will never be two that are exactly alike because mm-hmm. I just don't find materials that are exactly alike. Yeah. So, 
you know, you're interacting with a unique being just like you. So. Yeah. Uh, well, how did this happen, though? I understand the concept and being able to keep uh, these stuffed animals from going to the landfill, but, you know, I want to recycle just as much as the next person, <laughs> but, like, I don't know if I would ever look at two stuffed animals and be like, let's take the head off of this <laughs> one and put, you know... Well, um, so actually, in college, I did a semester abroad in Australia. Uh-huh. I had already taken a textiles class at IU, but I decided, because theirs was different, I wanted to try that one. And so the class took you through various different um, textile techniques. And then at the end, we had to do a final project. And we had learned soft sculpture, but it was just at a regular cloth. And I said, well, can I use stuffed animals? <laughs> and they said, Okay. <laughs> So I did, and I started creating these critters, and this was 10, 11 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I had so much fun with them, but I, you know, have made a couple since then and then just kind of forgot about it. And a couple years ago, I was thinking, man, like, this painting thing is really fun. I love it. I'm not going to stop doing it, but I need something that I can sell because I would like to, Mm -hmm. you know, make my art more sustainable. Um... I would like something that I can sell that I don't have to compromise my being for because I'm not going to go paint flowers and, you know, more run-of-the-mill things that people tend to like more. Because <laughs> um, I had a lot of fans, but <laughs> you either really loved it or you, like, didn't look at my booth at all. Yeah. Um, and so I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was like, well, you should just try making these. Uh, he makes similar, or not similar, but he also makes stuffed animals that are strange and does very mm-hmm. well with them. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. And yeah. people really like them. So I guess I've just been making them since that. That's awesome. Does a lot of thought go into it, or do you think that the animals just kind of speak to you and tell you what's going to happen? Like, how does one get to together take us through that process okay so first of all I think I was thinking about it the other day I think those exercises that my dad was having me do Mm -hmm. definitely helped me realize that the type of creative process that I like Mm -hmm. um I also always see weird monstery critters in the (laughs) in the clouds and the the leaves and the trees and so um I have also done things where you um do like random like scratches on a paper and find things in it. So I really like it when there is something there already that I can pull something from. So with this, I've got all my tubs of various different animals and my husband laughs at me because I have one that's like, you know, this color, that color. And then I have a tub that says bodies, another one that says heads, another one that says random maimed. So (laughs) I do feel bad for them. I always say sorry first, but um, so usually I'll find some, uh, I'll, I'll pick up a stuffed animal that, um, calls to me. It's got, it's funky. You know, I want to, I know I want to make this into something today cause it's speaking to me and then I'll go around to my other bins and try to figure out what I think goes with it. And I have a lot of fun with looking at stuffed animals and figuring out how I can make something that is not a head into a head. So in my Frank and fuzzies, I have quite a few where, the head is actually the body of something else. Oh. Or I have others that are my butt face line <laughs> because they've literally turned their behinds into their heads, their nice. faces. <laughs> or sometimes I will literally just swap heads. And, you know, that's really helpful for some people that don't like my really insane ones. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, I have fun with it both ways. 
And so I just put it together, figure out if I need to put eyes where they don't exist, and if, if that's the case, I, I move them around until I see the correct personality, because you'd be surprised, you know, you put your eyes higher or lower or further apart or closer together, and you have something completely different. Mm -hmm. So I'll figure out what way I want it to be, and then just sew it all together and make sure I use my, I always use safety eyes so they don't come out. <laughs> and then I always double and sometimes triple stitch because I want them to be able to be lovable and mm -hmm. for you to be able to play with it too. Yeah. And cuddle with it. That's amazing. What do you think the future of Freakin' Fuzzies looks like? Well, I am hoping to um, find other shops around where I can put my Franken Fuzzies that are outside of Fort Wayne. Mm -hmm. uh, right now they are in the Fort Wayne Art Museum. Oh, nice. And they're in their gift shop. Um, so that's been really wonderful. Um, but I would like to find more places that I could sell them at. Uh, I plan to do more art fairs. Um, this winter I'm actually going to be at the Art Links Winter uh, Art Market, which nice. is December 15th from 11 to 6. So I will be there. Um, and I do plan to uh, expand my Etsy store and sort of rework that. Um, and eventually, who knows, maybe I would like to have a whole storefront with my Frank and Fuzzies, and I just like to create, and I mm -hmm. don't have enough space to put everything that I like to make, and my husband does as well, so um, eventually we'd like to open up something with our art, artists in the community, and then also um, have a section of it be dedicated to, like, zero waste, so you can bring in your jar or your bag and have everything you need without packaging without plastic sure to sort of go along with the other theme you know is recycling for me. yeah so what's really interesting to me is how the three different things that you're really concentrating on right now which is your work in the education system your work as a Parkview healing artist with Fort Wayne Dance Collective and your creative project as a Franken fuzzies all are very different Two of those, you're kind of giving your energy to other people. With the Franken fuzzies, do you feel like that's your time to kind of recoup or regroup, <laughs> recuperate and regroup? Yeah, actually, they are definitely a mindfulness activity for mm -hmm. me, just like coloring is for others. You know, it's something that I sit down and I concentrate on. Uh, and, you know, it's it helps relieve my stress and I get to use my imagination and in the end, I have this new friend, and sometimes <laughs> my husband and I have a really hard time letting go of them. Oh, no. But if we could keep them all, we probably would. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good thing I'm selling them. Otherwise, I would be buried in Frank and Fuzzies. Yeah. Um, but it also, I do get back from it as well, because when I sell them, I get to watch people's reactions. That's and that true. makes me so happy, because they come in, and their faces light up, and they're always drawn to one, one over the other, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there'll be one that doesn't sell, and doesn't sell, and doesn't sell, and then somebody will come in, and that will be their most favorite one, they've favorite stuffed animal they've ever seen, so I feel like I've maybe made one for one specific person out there that mm -hmm. just has to find it, so, yeah, I just like bringing that joy and, um, you know, a little new friendship to other people, yeah. so, and that gives back to me, seeing the reactions. Right. Are you also selling the other projects that you're working on? I know that you mentioned you're working on two different masks right now. Are you also painting at home? Yeah, um, I'm pretty much always working on a painting. Uh, 
I, I've, I have, you know, showed in various places around town, various, um, you know, like Wondercomer and Artlink, but then also in various um, uh, restaurants. Like mm -hmm. I've been at the Friendly Fox, and I was just recently at Hawk River. Nice. Yeah. Love and, oh, I love Friendly love Fox them. too. <laughs> love them all. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I I tend to have prints of my work at least, and art fairs. It's a little harder to bring just like big paintings because mm -hmm. I tend to paint really large. I'm trying to <laughs> to paint smaller. Watercolor is helping with that, but. Um, yeah, eventually I hope to have more of those out. Um, I do have them on a website, but then, you know, so really anything I ever make, eh, I would love it to go somewhere, but I also like to keep it. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, if I can find somewhere to put things, that would be wonderful eventually <laughs> for all of my stuff. So. Yeah. What is the biggest challenge you face with your art? Um, really not having a place to put it that is or after I make yeah. it you know because there are so many different things that I would love to create but my house isn't big enough like sometimes I want to make really large things but mm -hmm. I have nowhere to put them so I think if I had a large studio or somewhere I could show art um you know more often then I think that I wouldn't feel limited in yeah. that way how do you think our community could assist with that goal or that challenge that you're currently facing. Um, I know that we've had several initiatives towards creating maker spaces. Mm -hmm. um, is that something that you would consider or are they not affordable in Fort Wayne or not accessible in Fort Wayne? No, I think I definitely would consider them. I just haven't reached that point sure. yet because right now everything fits. Yeah, so you're just at capacity. <laughs> yes. So yeah. eventually, uh, even just having my own space to put more things but um yeah I guess I mean Fort Wayne has a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. I think that part of my problem is is that I'm trying to do too many things at yeah. once <laughs> so, yeah so sometimes it's hard to find enough time to right make my art. so that's that's probably the main challenge that's good and that's what I was hoping to hear too I um know from the dancer side I always try to see if there's a opportunity that I have to assist those who need studio space and just need a place to create. And as I mentioned, there's been so many initiatives here to create maker spaces mm -hmm. for other people in other art forms. So that's awesome. And one thing that I'm very proud of Fort Wayne for doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The Fort Wayne art scene has grown exponentially in the past couple of years, which... Oh, yeah, because you're from here, so, so you yeah. probably really noted that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, very much so. Yeah. What advice would you give to other artists or entrepreneurs who want to get started with their own business or art project? Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I know they always say that, but it's true. Yeah. Um, Find something that you're passionate about making that uh, maybe is different than what uh, what you see the majority of things out there being, or at least has a different twist to it. Um, but again, stay true to yourself. Don't like, oh, well, everybody likes this, but I don't want to make that. Well, don't, because you're going to make yourself miserable. Mm. I almost did that and then <laughs> did not, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> and also when you're selling, um, I guess, try to have as many different price points as you can, because... You know, some people really want that piece of yours but can't afford it but may like to take a little piece of you home anyway. So yeah. I know for me that's really helpful when I have a little face enter my booth mm -hmm. and they say they're looking for a Frank and Fuzzy and they say, oh, I only have this much. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and luckily, usually I have something that, that they well, can take home yeah. with them. So 
That's great. So how does one figure out the price of art? I mean, obviously, I have to deal with that, too, with what I do. Um, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that yeah. out. I'm still I'm still playing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am trying. I'm actually doing small paintings of my Frankenfuzzies oh, right now. That's awesome. That eventually, I would like to have in my booth also and then plan to make prints of those to have an even lower price point because mm-hmm. then that's not something that I've spent, you know, three hours making. So yeah. I can't afford to to make it less. And then, you know, it's not something you can cuddle with, but it still sparks your imagination mm-hmm. and it could still be something you look at every day. And what cute room decor. Exactly. And you could have like a collection of them, maybe four next to each exactly. other. Exactly. And that's, yeah. I'm making them small because of that. Because yeah. that way they're more affordable. You don't have to have a large wall to put them mm-hmm. on. It's less commitment. Right. Um, and yeah, they look great in like three or four. And, and I've actually, you know, eventually when we have kids, I'm sure mm-hmm. going to put that in my room as well as Frank and Fuzzy's to decorate. Yeah. <laughs> a very Frank and Fuzzy room. Yes, exactly. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> very cool. Where can people find the Frank and Fuzzy's online? I know that you said where to purchase them locally. Yeah. Um, online, I am selling them on Etsy. Um, but I also have um, an Instagram. It's just Frank and Fuzzy's. Um, if you look it up on there, uh, the same thing goes for Etsy. If you just look up Frank and Fuzzies, um, and literally any Frank and Fuzzy I ever post on Instagram is always for sale, but it just takes me forever to make the, them an item on Etsy. So sometimes I don't have them on there, uh, and they'll end up at an art fair instead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if somebody were, uh, to fall in love with one that I have posted, they could always reach out to me. Um, I also have Frank and Fuzzies through Facebook. Um, and then just like my regular Facebook account. Um, and then I also have a, a website of my paintings um, and whatnot. And um, that's uh, J-G-U-E-R-I-N. So J-Garin. That's mm-hmm. my last name. Uh, 086.wixsite. W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com. And that's where all of my paintings are at. Nice. So now I've got my paintings and my Frank and Yeah. And eventually I will have a website that is a little bit more streamlined and has like Everything. a section for each of my types of art. Sure. So how do you manage your online store, basically, uh, your three businesses or jobs, and um, the creative and keeping that creative juice flowing? Do you have organizational tips or um, men? meditation or just any anything to kind of help you separate the admin of what you do versus the creative of what you do and help with the time management well I will say that I wish I could just hire somebody (laughs) to take all of my photos and to do all my online work because I don't love that part but I'm trying to understand it a Mm -hmm. little bit more and how those you know subtle nuances work with like tags and that kind of thing sure uh, to help you be um, found mm-hmm. a little bit more easily online. So I'm still learning that process. Um, but having learned a little bit more about it, it's starting to like it's starting to make a little bit more sense. So I think that I will be able to sort of kick that side of my business up a notch mm-hmm. and actually focus a little bit more on the internet. Um, side of things because I've been focusing a little bit more of the in-person things, which is I think a great place to start. Um, cause then you get to see the actual face to face reactions of people mm-hmm. at the art fairs. But yeah, I don't know. I think 
what keeps me sane is honestly going for walks in the woods. <laughs> nice. And and then that refreshes me enough to get the juices flowing again and move on to the next thing. Yeah. So getting back in touch with nature. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big nice. one for me. That's that's my meditation. <laughs> yeah. Turns my brain off. That's great. That's awesome. Um, we, t- I think that you do a really good job of promoting yourself, making people understand the good that you're doing, and letting them know about your projects. But what would you like the rest of the community to know about you on a personal level? Ah, well, first of all, thank you for helping me to <laughs> you know be promoted a little bit further. Thanks for having me on this. Yeah, really appreciate it. Um, but uh, I guess I don't know. I mean, I've I've already said that I'm I'm a big nature nerd, so mm-hmm. that that is that is a big part of me. Um, I also love to ride my bike, and I love <laughs> birds. Birds are my favorite animals. I I know all the birds around here. I know a lot of their calls, and that's something that always makes me really happy as well. So it definitely was a bird that you were drawing for that person that <laughs> one day. Sure. I, I'm sure it was. and Because <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. I'm watching you paint this, and she, everyone who's listening, is extraordinary at Aww. what she does. Thank you. But at the same time, I'm also watching her draw all these details of this bird. And I'm like, how does she know that it looks like this? I was so confused. But this makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. <though. laughs> no, most other things, I, I look up a picture on my yeah. phone. Because, and that's that's another tip, I guess. A lot of artists out there, uh, or people that are not artists, think that artists always have everything in their head. And yeah. we don't. And that's not a skill that we're necessarily, that we necessarily even need to have. It, because there's all these images to work from. And you can take this part from this image and that part from the other image. But... Things are always better and more realistic looking if you can look at something. Mm-hmm. And that's the real trick to art is really seeing what's in front of you and being able to capture it. Yeah, so, so. there's really no shame in looking at something while you're drawing. Not at all. Yeah. In fact, almost every time at the hospital when somebody asks me specifically what they want, I will draw it from an image. I mean, yeah. you know, I can draw flowers and birds, you know, mm-hmm. but they're, everything is going to look more realistic if you look at a picture yeah. and a photograph. That's fair. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of this. So um, we have your information about where to find you. So everyone go follow her on Instagram and check out her Franken fuzzies either at the Fort Wayne Museum of Art or at the link. And I can repost those when I post and air the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Thanks,